I almost want to hear the rest of that. You can by watching a special that'll soon be airing on Paramount Plus, Reinventing Elvis, the 68 Comeback. The director of this documentary, John Scheinfeld. It is always a pleasure to talk to you from Chicago, one of your favorite places. We've got to have you come back to Chicago, John. Hi. How are you, Steve? Nice to be back with you. Uh, It's a pleasure to talk to you. And last time we talked, we talked about a different special that you, a documentary, What the Hell Happened to Blood, Sweat, and Tears?, This is about the king, the king of rock and roll. It's about a documentary that so many have forgotten about. Not Ron Brown in our newsroom. When he saw the promo line that I wrote for this, he instantly said, you know, to me, I watch this all the time. It was like a television special so different than any other that had come before it on television and also changed the course of Elvis's career. Is that all true? And can you talk about that? It's all true, and I'm delighted to hear about Ron's interest in the original special. I think, uh, Steve, what what makes our film so different uh, from other Elvis projects, and of course, as you know, and Ron probably knows, there are dozens and dozens of uh, of books and uh, documentaries and films about Elvis. Uh, this is not uh, uh, an Elvis biography. It is a, a moment in time. It is 1968, and Elvis has become irrelevant. People are not going to see his movies. and In fact, no movie studio in Hollywood wants to make another Elvis movie because nobody cares anymore, and his records aren't selling, and he doesn't really know what to do now. And his manager manages to make a deal with NBC for a Christmas special. Uh, Christmas TV special, and the colonel wants it to be very much like your typical Andy Williams, Perry Como Christmas special, very middle of the road, Elvis in a sweater singing Christmas songs. <laughs> but NBC has hired this young, hotshot, very talented uh, producer-director named Steve Bender, and Steve says, no, 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 you've got to go back to uh, doing what made, made you Elvis. And so we had this kind of once uh, a superstar um, being in this tug-of-war between his manager and the young producer-director, and happily he made the decision to go with what the young producer-director wanted, and the result is what has come to be known as the 68 Comeback Special. Well, but it was more than that. Uh, It's everything you describe, absolutely, and you take us... I don't know how you get the footage for these things. You take us behind the scenes, but also interviews with a variety of people that were involved, most importantly... Steve Bender, who directed and may have produced that special, the name you just mentioned. Yeah, what happened, Steve, was uh, a few years ago, um, Steve had published uh, a book independently that uh, recounted uh, many of his stories of the making of the comeback special. And uh, producer Spencer Proffer, who I had worked with before, had called me and said, would you be interested in finding a way to transform this book into a film? Uh, I had always wanted to do an Elvis project. I'd been attached to a scripted feature project back in 2011 that never happened for a lot of reasons, but I I always wanted to do an Elvis project. And so I read Steve's book, and I loved the stories in it, and I thought this would be a really interesting way to look at Elvis's career through the prism of this particular program. And uh, I came up with the, the approach that I just described to you of sort of Elvis in the middle of these two guys. 
everybody loved it, and uh, Paramount Plus bought it, and uh, we delivered it in the spring, and uh, as you mentioned uh, uh, kindly, uh, it starts uh, streaming on Paramount Plus on August 15th. Our telephone number, 312-981-7200, if you have any questions or comments. Certainly another sort of a glimpse we get to see is an Elvis. As you said, there have been, I don't know, countless books written about Elvis, many, many television specials, documentaries, and all the rest. But here we get a glimpse of kind of what he was really like. And also, not only do we see and hear Elvis clowning around and joking around in a way that we might not have seen before, but other people who knew him talking about him in a way that we might not have heard before. Thank you for noticing. That was one of the things I really wanted to do, was to humanize Elvis and and enable anybody who sees our film to uh, get a sense of what he was like as a person. What kind of got me started on this, Steve, was... um, uh, uh, your, your WGN-TV has a sister station out here, KTLA. Sure. And I was watching it on Elvis's birthday, and the weatherman comes out dressed as um, Las Vegas Elvis, with suit with glitter, the fake sideburns, the pompadour hair going, thank you very much, thank you very much. And I realized that for many people, Elvis really had become a joke. He become this caricature, and and one of the things I really hoped to do with this film was to, as I say, humanize him, make him more of a three dimensional human being, and 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 enable people to realize just how talented this guy was. He wasn't a joke. He was so influential in terms of the music business in the fifties and the early sixties. He influenced so many artists that came after, like the Beatles and so many others. And even till today, we have a couple of younger artists uh, in our film that I wanted to use specifically to show that his influence still extends to artists working today. So we have Darius Rucker, who is a solo artist now, but was part of the the front man for Hootie and the Blowfish. We have a young up-and-coming country singer named Drake Milligan, who's like 24, and he was so influenced by Elvis. And then we've got a Latin artist named Mafio, who (laughs) <laughs> uh, immigrated here from Colombia yeah. and also influenced by Elvis. So the, the influence is so great, and that's what we really wanted to, to show with this film. Well, you also set it up as a good guy, bad guy kind of thing in some ways. I want to get to that. We will in a moment. But let me back up. Steve Binder, who put this whole special together, what you did is you describe what he had done up to that point. And I'm a radio guy, so I'm highly trained to do what I'm about to do, (laughs) and that is make a transition that you, even you would not have expected. So next week on this show, believe it or not, I mean, I've had Dr. Fauci on the show a couple times, entertainers of all types, U.S. congressmen, well, they're not the most popular guests necessarily, or the mayor, or all sorts of other people. They're not the public officials that are the most popular, but some of the entertainers we've had on for sure, the most popular person I think we've ever had on, Lucille Ball's secretary. Uh, Her name is Wanda Clark, and Lucy's birthday, August 6th, we're going to celebrate, and I happen to have known Lucille Ball. So we're going to celebrate that next week on the show. Now, here's how it ties in. Steve Binder, actually one of his first big gigs, was to produce a special that Lucy did 
with Anthony Newley, I think, called Lucy in London. And if you can direct Lucille Ball, that's not an easy thing to do in several different ways for several different reasons, Then and succeed, and he sure did, then you're on your way. But it's interesting to me, that's how he got his start. Exactly right. And um, your listeners who tune in to, to see our film on Paramount Plus uh, will see we got some of Anthony Newley's home movies shot on the set of that particular special, which was made in 1966. And we show Steve uh, interacting with Lucy and Anthony Newley. And as, as you uh, rightly note, uh, uh, Lucy was not the easiest to work with all the time. She had very specific ideas of, of how comedy ought to be done. But I think it speaks very much to who Steve was, which was a supremely talented guy. Uh, many people out here have called him a pro's pro. He just did things the right way. Didn't, uh, didn't do it to aggrandize himself or didn't insert himself into situations just to be heard. He just kind of went about doing his job and, and did it really magnificently. The other thing, uh, Steve, that he did uh, more than most at that time was to integrate his casts. Um, a lot of times you didn't see a lot of people of color on television in, in the mid uh, to late 60s. And uh, not necessarily to make a big statement, but just because he saw the world as one color, uh, Steve would integrate his, his uh, dancers and his actors and uh, in, in many different specials, in, including the Elvis uh, comeback special. But before the Elvis comeback special, there was one that he did with Petula Clark and also Harry Belafonte. And that made huge news. And we'll talk about why that made huge news and led perfectly, and thank you very much for the transition from you, up to the special he wound up doing with Elvis. Uh, We are talking with the director of the documentary, that documentary, Reinventing Elvis, the 68 comeback, which is incredible. Paramount Plus is where it hits or drops or appears Whatever the proper lingo is, it happens August 15th. That much I know. John Shenfeld, I don't know what you think, but I think this was one of the greatest performances on television ever. What do you think? Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Uh, You know, Steve, uh, you sit in a dark editing room for months at a time working on this thing, and I must have seen that performance of If I Can Dream a hundred times in the course of editing. And I don't think there was once where it didn't, give me shivers up my spine. There is something so powerful and compelling about that performance. He really is uh, one of our uh, interviewees, Alana Nash, who's written some books on Elvis and the Colonel, uh, said that is the sound of a man saving his own life. And uh, I absolutely agree. Hmm. The backdrop, the story behind that song and how that song got to be on this television special, I don't want you to talk about because I want people to actually see and hear that part of this for themselves. Reinventing Elvis, the 68 comeback. We are talking, that's a documentary, and we're talking with the director of that documentary. It hits on August, or drops. What is the proper terminology? Uh, Either drops or starts streaming is correct. (laughs) Okay, it begins to happen, or starts streaming, or drops on August 15th on Paramount Plus, but I understand a little birdie told me that it's actually at movie theaters here and there right now. Yes, uh, the producer, Spencer Proffer, had uh, worked out an arrangement with Paramount Plus 
to have the film shown uh, as a special one-day-only event uh, in movie theaters across the country and, and in some countries outside of the U.S. Uh, that day is today. Oh. Uh, and, and it is showing uh, in, in uh, I'm sure, some theaters in the Chicagoland area. Um, probably a little too late for your listeners to make it out there now, but uh, the, the goal was really to just get this some exposure on the big screen. Uh, because so many of my docs have been designed uh, to be shown in movie theaters, that's the style that I bring to these. And so even though this one was uh, intended to be on Paramount Plus uh, first, uh, the, the, the style, the graphics, the sound, everything is, uh, is as if it were appropriate for a big screen. So I'm thrilled that uh, at least some people are going to get a chance to see it well, with you, great sound pumping out of the movie theater speakers. Well, you put together once a documentary about the Chicago Cubs, another called Her- Who is Harry Nilsson? Uh, another uh, that we've talked to you about on the radio. What the hell happened to Blood, Sweat, and Tears? Uh, the Happy Days of Gary Marshall. Sergio Mendez, I remember him, The Key of Life. And I think you might have done one, if I'm not mistaken, about Herb Alpert as well. Exactly. Uh uh, it's called Herb Alpert Is, because Herb is many different things to many different people. Um, but I have a great job, Steve. I've probably said this to you before, but I get to go interesting places and talk to interesting people about interesting things. And I can make films about people whose work I admire. And uh, that's really been the story of my career in, in documentaries, is if you look at the whole list of projects that I've done, there's not one that I'm not proud to have made. They either entertain me, make me laugh, nurture my soul, and uh, and all of them make me very proud. Several texts here. One, I'm a huge Elvis fan. My first concert was Elvis at the Chicago Stadium in 1976. I really don't care about who influenced Elvis. I want to see interviews and preserve memories uh, with people in Elvis's life. Well, you've got that. It's there in this documentary, actually. We talked about the director of that TV special, and uh, another couple of texts asking me what I was talking about here with Harry Belafonte and Petula Clark. Remember, Sleeping in the Subway was one of her songs, and... uh, Downtown, Downtown. yeah, was another. She was a big performer, and she's still performing, actually. She's got to be in her mid-80s. And a treasure in the U.K. She's done a lot of stage work. But at that point, she did a TV special. Tell me about what I'm referring to here. One would not think uh, to use Petula Clark and controversy in the same sentence. (laughs) Right. Right. but that's what happened. There was an NBC special uh, featuring Petula and, uh, and special guest Harry Belafonte. Um, Petula would perform some of her songs. Harry had some solo spots in the show. And then there was a duet that they did together. And it was a very moving, emotional, uh, anti-Vietnam War song. And Steve staged it in a way where Harry was uh, up close to the camera and uh, singing the song. And then Petula would come in behind him and walk up uh, alongside him, they would sing the duet. As uh, uh, the song progressed, and as there was some chemistry between the two performers, uh, Petula uh, spontaneously just put her hand on his arm. And when she did that, Steve could hear the sponsor, which was singer, uh, in the back, 
saying, that's it. <laughs> that's not going on the air. And it was the fact that a, a white woman would touch a black man that offended this sponsor's representative uh, so strongly. And, um, pardon me, it was not Singer. It was the Chrysler uh, General Motors uh, automobile company. Uh-huh. Correct myself. Anyway, um, uh, Steve knew that that if the sponsor had their way, they would they would make him use one of the other takes where she did not reach out and... Uh, touch him. So he goes running down to the editing room, found the editor, made him erase all the other takes. So the only one that was left was this very emotional moving take where she touched his arm. And none of us, when Steve was telling us the story, could really believe that even in 1968, that anyone would have a problem uh, with a, 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 a white person touching a black person on primetime television. But that's what it was. And it, it became a worldwide controversy. Tons of newspaper articles and uh, and TV stories about this, and eventually the the representative from the sponsor resigned. The sp- sponsor apologized, uh, and I think the notoriety helped uh, increase uh, the viewership for that particular show. Certainly, with one person, uh, Bob Finkel, who who was an executive producer for NBC, saw the special. Uh, appreciated the controversy that it generated, and he thought that this young, rebellious producer-director, Steve Bender, would be an ideal choice to uh, helm the uh, Elvis uh, special. Okay, that brings us right back to the Elvis special, which is exactly where I want to go. Now, I'm sure, I'm guessing you've seen the movie with Austin Butler playing Elvis and Tom Hanks playing Colonel Tom Parker. Uh, What did you think of the movie and what the movie said about that very special that you became quite expert in because you made the documentary about it. Um, Bob Lerman is a, is a wonderful, magnificent filmmaker, and that film has tremendous visual style. Austin Butler is amazing as, as Elvis throughout his life. Um, but the difference between a scripted feature film and a documentary is that a scripted feature film can take some dramatic license. They can create scenes, dialogue, moments to make a general point uh, whether they actually happened or not. And in fact, we got invited to a, a, a sneak preview screening at Warner Brothers of that film, and I kept leaning over to my wife, Karen, and saying, well, that didn't happen. That didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> that didn't happen. Uh, particularly with some scenes uh, that, that uh, told the story of the comeback special. What we do in documentaries, we must do everything in service to the truth. So our film tells the real story of what happened behind the scenes of the making of this special. And that includes talking to some of the dancers who were in it, some of the performers who were in it. And I really thought, Steve, one of the things that I wanted to do that would distinguish this from other Elvis projects is, is one thing if Steve and some of the dancers said, you know, the audience responded really positively to it when we were shooting certain sequences. But it's an entirely different thing if we could track down some people who were in the audience that night when Elvis was doing what has come to be called the sit-down special or the improv section in that classic, iconic black suit, uh, if we could find some of those people to tell us really what it was like in the room that night, and we managed to find two women who were teenagers back then, and uh, we interviewed them, and their recollections really elevate our picture uh, um, significantly. And it's really interesting. Um, I don't know if you noticed, uh, but uh, maybe Ron did, that 
when you're looking in the eyes of those women as they are talking about it, they, it's like they are back in the studio that night watching Elvis and remembering every move, every vocal uh, 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 strain that he made. And uh, it was just wonderful to have that. And I think that that adds a little bit extra. And maybe for the person that texted you, it'd be good to know there are people that we have interviews with and that can really talk about Elvis, the performer, at that time. Well, again, the name of the movie you're looking for is Reinventing Elvis, the 68 comeback on Paramount Plus on August 15th, or if you can make it in five minutes to a movie theater near you. John Scheinfeld, <laughs> it's always a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you so very much. Likewise, Steve. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Thank you.